Good morning, Mayor, and good Erev Shabbos, everybody, and a Freilich Purim to everybody. What a very special day this is. Okay, first let's begin with the usual. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Tetzaveh. Parshas Tetzaveh, according to the Chinuch, contains seven mitzvos, four positive mitzvos, and three restrictions. Blineder, I'll try to bring in at least the beginning of Parshas Tetzaveh, whereby we're told of the mitzvah of lighting the menorah in the Mishkan, and please God, Beis Hamikdash, as we had two, and please God, there'll be the third, as we'll talk about in just one moment. Okay, today is the day. Today is the day that we read the Megillah last night, and we read the Megillah this morning. If you haven't heard it, you can hear the Megillah all day today. Okay, remember, just to remind everybody before we get started with some, uh, I hope, interesting concepts, but your su'uda, the idea is have it as early as possible. Understand, you want to be able to have a little bit more l'chaim, and you don't want to interfere with the su'uda's Shabbos tonight. So, start 11, 11.30. And have a nice su'uda. Take a nap. Get ready for Shabbos. Okay, remember, Mishloach Monos, it's not too late if you can to get somebody a meal. Not get them a sandwich, get them a piece of kugel with it, etc. That's the ideal. You only have to give one. All right? And that comes as the idea that it's an extension of your su'uda. Matonos levionim. If you have the opportunity yourself to give to the poor, wonderful. If not, designate the money or give it to your rav. He'll find the way of getting it to poor people. Okay. So, we've read the Megillah, or you're going to hear the Megillah. And it's called Megillas Esther. In Hebrew... The word Megillah doesn't only mean a scroll, but the root of the word is legalos, which means to reveal. And Esther, we know, the root of which is hidden, to reveal that which is hidden. So first of all, the bracha that we said before, reading the Megillah, She'oso nisim lavoseinu, Rakodesh Baruch Where's the nace? The answer is that each of the ten chapters leads up to, wow, we see the hand of God literally governing and uh, triumphantly bringing this story to the very special conclusion. But that's where I'd like to begin. And that is as follows. There are ten chapters to the Megillah. And how does the Megillah end? It ends with Achashverosh. And he's still uh, on his throne and if you remember the um, the idea being that Achashverosh unfortunately had the same enmity to the Jews as Haman, so the Gemara in Megillah teaches us, and it was only the Yad Hashem that brings about this incredible Yeshua. So one of the reasons that we don't say Hallel today on Purim is because 
Adayin Anan Avde Achashverosh Anan. We're still servants to Achashverosh. Now, watch. Let's talk about Esther and how does the Megillah end? So, really, it ends with Baruch Hashem. They declare a Yom Tov and that's it. We know from the end of chapter 4 that Esther, unfortunately, who was married to Mordechai, now that she goes in chapter 5 to the king willingly, she severs her relationship with her husband. She's no longer halachically able to live with Mordechai, her husband. An incredible personal sacrifice that we should be aware of. Now, what happens next? I don't know. This is what could have been the 11th chapter. We're told in the book of Nehemiah, in chapter 2, in the book of Nehemiah, that he goes, Nehemiah, he is the cup bearer, but not simply the waiter. He is a strong advisor to the king, Daryovish. Who is Daryovish? The first Rashi in the book of Haggai identifies Daryovish as the son of Achashverosh and Esther. Daryovish is the king who succeeds Achashverosh. And we're told that Nehemiah is one of his close advisors. And the king Daryovish in Nehemiah chapter 2, take it out today, tonight, at your Shabbos table, very beautiful, powerful reading. And what happens? He brings wine to the king, and the king asks him, why do you look so downtrodden? Okay, and what does he say? Why would I not be downtrodden if my city is unfortunately like a graveyard? It is chareva. It is destroyed. Consumed by the, the gates of Jerusalem with fire. Okay, so what do you want? Says the king to him. And he says to him, If I find favor in your eye, send me, please, to the graveyard of Jerusalem that I can rebuild it, to rebuild the base of Migdash. Now, verse 7, And the king answers me, Who's the Shegel? What does that mean? So some of Farshim learn that it's his wife. The Malbim learns it's his mother, Esther Amalka. Esther Amalka was at the right place at the right time in the Megillah's Esther in chapter 5, in chapter 6, and throughout the rest of the Megillah. She puts her life on the line and cunningly, first day, invites Haman, second day, just to inject that little bit of envy in the king's eye that perhaps there's something going on with Esther and Haman. She's so cunning and she's so smart, but she's not just the heroine in the 10 chapters of Megillah's Esther. She's the heroine in the 11th chapter as well. And what's the 11th chapter? That thanks to Esther's prodding to her son, Daryovesh, we were privileged to rebuild the second Beis Migdosh. Wow! 
That is the first point that I'd like to share with you. Megillas Esther, to reveal some of that which is hidden. Second of all, tell me about the pulse of Purim. What do you mean the pulse of Purim? Very clearly, we said in the Alhanisim that Haman threatened the Jewish people and Baruch Hashem, Tera Tera HaKadosh Baruch Hu came and saved us. Good. Like we say at the Pesach Seder, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Matzileinu Miyodam and Haman was hung on the gallows that he prepared for Mordechai. That is Purim. And if that's your answer, you are right. However, I want to share with you a powerful paragraph of the Rambam. This is the Rambam's introduction to the Minyan HaMitzvos, how he weaves all the 613 mitzvos with their various um, halachos in his incredible work, the Yad HaChazaka. And he begins by telling you there's 613 mitzvos. And there are mitzvos from the Rabbanon. Very important to know that they are rabbinic. Okay, fine. And he tells you specifically Purim. But the rabbinic mitzvos have to have a biblical source. So, for example, okay, how did the rabbis institute a holiday of Hanukkah, of lighting the uh, lighting a menorah? Very simply, there's precedent in that, in Parshas, Baaloscha, Baaloscha, Saneros. In this week as well, we speak of the Shemin for lighting the menorah. Good. How did the rabbis introduce Natilas Yadayim. There's a makar for washing of hands in the Torah called the Kior. Okay, now watch. What is Purim? So, if the Rambam would have said, Yudin, give me a Pasuk that in the Torah reveals the essence of Purim, I would have said, go to Vayikra, write this down, chapter 26, Pasuk 44. The end of the Tochacha in um, Parashas Pichu Kosai. What does it say? And I'll save time and I'll give you the English. Despite all this, while they will be in the land of their enemies, I will not have been revolted by them, nor will I have rejected them to obliterate them, to annul my covenant with them. The Torah promises that Hashem will never destroy the Jewish people. And there it is. Purim is the proof. Happy Purim, everybody. But that's not what the Rambam says. The Rambam goes not to the Pesach that I um, would have suggested, uh, Rabbeinu Moshe ben Maimon, but the Rambam goes to chapter 4 in Devarim. He goes to Parshas Eschanan, and there he says, and quotes the Pesach, that man, look at this, Umi Goy Godol. This is chapter 4, Pasuk 7. This is Purim. This is the pulse of Purim, says the Rambam. Umi Goy Godol. Who is, come on, this great nation? Ashelo Elokim Krovim Elov. That what, come on, that we have a Kodesh Baruch Hu who is close to us. Kashem Elokeinu Bechol Koreinu Elov. What does that mean? This is Pesach 8, excuse me, not Pesach 9. All right, listen carefully. 
And what is he saying? That who is like Klai Yisrael, that we have this close relationship, that when we call out to Hashem, like Esther says at the end of chapter 4, Lech Kenos Eskola Yudim, gather the entire Jewish people together, and, right, starting with Shushan, etc., and Sumu Alai, and fast for me, and we know that a fast day is a day of prayer as well, and this is it. When we fast and we pray, Hashem listens to us. That, my friends, is Purim. That's a second of this, quote, Megillas Esther, to reveal that which is hidden about the day of Purim. Now, we know that the famous teaching of the Ari, that Yom Kippurim is like, Yom Kippur is Yom Kippurim. It's like Purim. What does it mean? That Purim might even be on a higher level. Of course, Yom Kippur was the day that when we had and will have the third base of Migdash, the Kohen Gadol will go into the Holy of Holies on this day. No question about it. But what is so special and the similarities between Yom Kippur and Purim? So listen just very quickly. What do we have? That Yom Kippur is a day of Kabbalah's HaTorah. What does that mean? Moshe broke the first tablets and he brings down the second set of Luchos on Yom HaKippurim, and that's the reason, according to Rabbeinu Yonah, that you have your Su'uda on Erev Yom Kippur, not just that you should be able to eat, excuse me, fast on Yom Kippur, but we're celebrating, we can't celebrate on Yom Kippur that we got the Torah, the Luchos, the second time, so therefore we celebrate and have that meal, Erev Yom Kippur. But the meal that we have on Erev Yom Kippur, you ready? So too, say Chazal, that what? What is happening on Purim? Purim is a day of Kabbalah Satora. Kimu v'kiblu ha-Yehudim. The meal that we have today is not only a meal of celebration. That on Purim, we were saved physically, and that's why we celebrate bodily by giving a nice meal and having a lachayim to remember the mishtayayin which existed over there as well but the Purim Su'uda today is also in honor of the Kabbalah Satorah which took place on Purim but one more factor in order to have the Kabbalah Satorah on Yung, on uh, Harsinai what did you need over there, Vayichan? And says the Orachayim HaKadosh. And says the Kleyokar, the following idea, that you need a unified people. You need the Achtos of Am Yisrael in order to have the Torah. So too, we have on Purim, this idea of Kimu Kiblu and the idea of Mishloach Monos to bring about a unified love between all of Klal Yisrael. In Parshas Titzaveh, it begins with the Shemen for the Menorah. And the Pasuk in Yirmiyahu, chapter 11, Pasuk... Give me a second, it's right here. Sorry, turn the page. I believe it's Pasuk 16. Yes. Says Yirmiyahu, 
Zayis Ra'anon Yefei Pritoar Koro Hashem Shemecho. Hashem has called you, the Jewish people, an olive tree. Now, the Medrash says, wait a second, there are so many trees that Am Yisrael is compared to in Shira Shirim. Correct. We're compared to the Geffen, we're compared to the Te'ena, we're compared to the Tamar, we're compared to the Eres. Why here and the Egos? Why are we compared to the Zayas? And the Medrash goes on to explain that in order to get the pure olive oil, the olive has to be beaten. There are times when Klai Yisrael goes through difficult times. And unfortunately, we are scattered from place to place. And lo'olenu, we are beaten. But this Medrash concludes, Achakach osin shuva. We repent. And Hashem responds to us in a favorable way. This is Titzaveh. This is Purim. And this should leave all of us with a very strong, positive, upbeat that even though we've gone through a challenging year of Corona and we pray that it is gradually leaving us at Halavai in a more quick way because our Suda this year is not the same as last year but people are Baruch Hashem slowly, slowly coming back into the Beis HaKnesses I pray that Purim should give each and every one of us as an individual that very strong shot in the arm, that very strong vaccine of being proud to be a Jew, of being part of that very special people that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was with us then, is with us now, and B'mheira B'yameinu, we will celebrate what Purim led to then, Imitz Hashem, the Bayis HaShlishi. Shabbat Shalom and a Freilach of Purim to all.